Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, Assistant Lifestyle Editor. And me, Olivia Petter, Lifestyle Writer. Each week, we are discussing the core dating issues affecting millennials today. There are endless podcasts out there on relationships, but as two single ladies in our 20s, we didn't feel any really reflected our own experiences. And that's where millennial love comes in. This week, we are talking about texting compatibility in relationships in light of a recent study which showed that couples who have similar texting habits are actually more satisfied in the long term, which doesn't really surprise me. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then we're also going to be talking more generally about millennial dating protocol when you start seeing someone new and what the rules might be. We're also thrilled to welcome the brilliant writer, Twitter addict, and in his own words, serial DM slider, Jack May, whom I met years ago and now continues to make me laugh on a daily basis with his very amusing tweets. So welcome, Jack. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are pleased to have you here. Um, So guys, tell me, how were your New Year's Eves and were they snoggerific? I mean, I have to say, as much as I love this word snoggerific, it's been on my mind pretty much all day. Um, mine was distinctly unsnoggerific, no. mostly because, uh, I, firstly, I'm, I'm a massive New Year's Eve non-believer. Um, I just totally don't see the point. So what? what do you mean you don't see the point? It's just it's just a day. It just happens. There's no it, real reason for it. What do you? What? No, there is literally a reason for it. It's the <laughs> new year. I mean, it's just kind of one unit of a calendar turning over to the next. Anyway, we can have this debate <laughs> about New Year's all day if we like. But I think... Um, you know, the long and short of it is that I've never really done it and we tend to do it as a family thing for me. So I was just back at my parents' place with my family and unless incest is your game, <laughs> family events tend not to be snoggerific. No, valid. So mine was not really snoggerific. That's valid. Have you had any other fun experiences though in the new year time? Again, like I pretty much just spent the whole thing at home and at home is like a fairly rural place um, and... You know, th- these kind of rural locations are bad enough at the best of times, Then, but then, like, kind of when you factor in, you know, gay life, these people aren't very present in the rural locations. Oh, for sure. Locations. Mm, for sure. So, yeah, no, it's nice to be back in London. There's a bit more going on. More scope um, for antics. Indeed, escapades. yeah. That's escapades. That's our favourite word, escapades. Mm. Snoggerific ex- escapades galore, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Great. <laughs> what about you, Livy? Uh, not gonna lie, don't remember the countdown. <laughs> so sounds like a great night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't snoggerific because I was at a house party with all of my friends. But um, I'm pretty sure that hasn't stopped you before. No, it hasn't. But on this occasion, um, I I don't think it was. But as I said, genuinely can't remember. I get very bad memory blanks when I drink, and I got a bit carried away this year. I didn't have dinner, which was a rookie schoolboy error. I mean, yes. Um, and I was tucked up in home by bed at one thirty. 
Wow. I quite respect that early night, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I also <laughs> I also fell asleep in the taxi on the way home. And because it was like an hour long journey, I got there and had obviously thought that we hadn't left yet because I literally <laughs> passed out instantly. <laughs> and so then the driver proceeded to tell me to get out of his car. And I got really angry and said, no, I want you to take me home. <laughs> I hope this wasn't an Uber. Otherwise, your rating will have gone yeah, way oh, my down. My, my rating has gone straight down. It was an Uber. Sad. Yeah, it was bad. I had a huge argument with him and then eventually realised we were outside and was like, right, thank you very much for your services. <laughs> left. <home>. Bye. <laughs> hmm, yeah. Okay, so not the most successful night. No, 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 not really. But fun nonetheless. Yeah. What about you? Well, I actually had an interesting situation in that I had a date on New Year's Eve. Who does but it that? was sort of a, no, a New Year's Eve, like afternoon, early evening before I went to my party. Nice. See what I mean? So I'm I'm a big non-believer in <laughs> afternoon dating. Do you believe in anything? Not much, to be honest. <laughs> but no, no, because I, I heard you talking about this last week, and the idea of the afternoon date, I think, is kind of a bit of a rookie error because it takes out all possibility. Do you know what? That's so interesting, and this is definitely something we're going to go to in further depth later on. But for me, it was kind of like it was. We met at like. We did like 4.30 to 7.30-ish. So it was like dark. We were drinking cocktails. It wasn't like it was... But what if you fell in love? I mean, I'm not even sure I fall in love. <laughs> Wait, wow. what's that quote Deep. from? <laughs> the holiday. No, that's from the holiday. Anyway, um, no. So I had sort of an, a New Year's Eve kiss, but not at midnight. Although I did also kiss one of my girlfriends at midnight. Hey, Constance. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I think I'm pretty well covered. Yeah, I think you, you did have Between a terrific time. Between those two kisses, yeah. I think I should be all set for a year of good luck. Yeah, well done you. I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased with myself. So speaking of all this... Actually, not speaking of all this, we're going to do Bumble Bio of the Week, aren't we? Yeah. Although, okay. so both Rachel and I have been a bit rubbish on Bumble lately. So we did find one. But it's not the best one. Well, that's of shit... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is just an explicit podcast now. <laughs> Sorry, please continue to criticise my no, introduction to the Bumble bio. That's a shit caveat. Like, if you'd said to everyone, "This is a great Bumble bio of the week," then everyone would have been like, "Yeah, this is amazing." Okay, fine. It's not. It's okay. It's, it's just average. Read it. Just average. Read it. Okay. It's from Alex. And he's twenty-four. He said, "Professional Quidditch player, dash Gryffindor, dash class of 07. I quite like it. I like it because I have watched a lot of Harry Potter in the last few weeks. I just feel like it's a very Christmassy thing to do. Mm. And I just think, yeah, I'd, I'd swipe right on that. Also, he's a Gryffindor. Good what guy. I would say is that it sounds like he's bad at maths. Because yes. if he's class of 07 and he's 24, that neither works for year Whoa. 7 entry n- near for your year 13 graduation. That's so. a very Jack, good point. So smart. He's a fool. He's an imbecile. He's an imbecile. Okay. You definitely Alex- shouldn't oh. date him. No, I should not date him. Yeah, God, that's, so he's definitely lying about his age, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, people do that all yeah. the time. He's probably a bad older man sitting behind a sad laptop in a basement. His name probably isn't even Alex. <gasps> bet he hasn't even seen Harry Potter. <gasps> I bet he's a Slytherin. Squib. Hey, squib. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Slytherins are fine. Let's be reasonable here. I'm a Hufflepuff, you know. They're fine too. Thank JK you. Rowling's favourite. Yeah, also Eddie Redmayne is one. That's, so. that's not a good thing. Shut up. Yes, it is. I love that you've sworn already. (laughs) I know. I can't be trusted. Rachel, you swear like a fisherman's wife. Is that the phrase? A fisherman's wife? Uh, mm, Couldn't tell you. Never heard that in my life. All right, let's leave that. Okay, so (laughs) let's move on. What we're going to talk about is 
which are going to try and decipher the millennial rules for dating someone new because it is very murky water. As we've mentioned before, you're seeing someone. What does it mean? What do you do? How do you conduct yourself? We decided to talk about this because... A US psychiatrist and author called Scott Carroll said that when you start seeing someone new, you should see them no longer than twice a week because this gives time gives you time for deeper feelings to develop subconsciously and they said he said rushing does not bode well for the future of the relationship. Okay, so my initial reaction to this was like, fucking hell, as often as twice a week? That sounds like an awful lot. Yeah, I'm not just going to go with it. Just committing. Um, (laughs) Um, So to me, that felt like like really frequently. But then other people I've spoken to, including a male friend, has said like, that's nothing. I see people like four or five times a week when I start seeing them. And I'm just like, I mean... What you, what you I'm with you. I think plans? I think four times, five times a week is madness, particularly in the first few weeks. Because, like, where do you have to progress to after that? I think I think this is basically a kind of balance between a sort of traditional idea of kind of courting, almost like you're kind of wooing someone, or just like a more modern feeling of just going with it. And I almost feel like that kind of attitude is very, I don't know, it's a bit sort of slow and stately. It's like you know, you kind of treat them with your presence once a week and yeah. you kind of lead them on with a Hansel and Gretel trail of breadcrumbs. But if you're thinking more kind of modern, you know, what's the point of having all this technology that allows us to kind of see each other and talk to each other as quickly and as frequently as, as we want if you can't just do it? I think though the ability to message someone all the time potentially makes people see each other less because you can be talking all the time and in mm. constant communication without actually meeting up. But the thing is, I think it, it definitely does do that but I think it, it also allows you, if you, it's basically like if you're feeling really passionate about something pretty much straight off, and like sometimes that happens if you really click with someone and you really want to see them again, and if by chance your schedules are pretty free and like you work the same hours roughly, the advantage of all of the stuff we have is that you can just do it. Like I've definitely had that before where you go on a first date with someone and it totally runs away with you and you find yourself at the end of the evening saying, you know, can I see you tomorrow? And if you can do it, then that's like a really nice feeling that you can just totally mm-hmm. run away with it. And like maybe this guy might be right. It might not be the best foundation to kind of 20 years of marriage, but... Who knows? It might be the foundation to like the most hilarious and fun three weeks of your life. Yeah, I think it's actually would be really refreshing. It, actually, it is really refreshing when you go on a date with someone and then like the next day they're like, when when can we hang out again? Or yeah. when can I see you again? That's actually really nice. Or if you know, if you say it to them, instead of this like tiptoeing around for ages. Mm. And then it does slow things down more than is necessary. And I'm actually, have changed my view on this recently. So, um, the New Year's Eve date guy, I have seen twice in three days, which for me is like breaking many rules. That's pretty right. And we're going to go out again on Friday, which when this podcast comes out is today. Um, if so you're listening, I'm, we hope it went yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> but not too well. <laughs> so I'm breaking this guy's rule already. That's going to be thrice in a week. To be honest, I think it depends how just what feels natural for the two of you because it could just be that you know it works that you're both free on certain evenings and then it's almost if if you're both free and you work that out why would you not hang out with each other when you have that time like it's so rare now for people our age to find time set aside within you know all of work and socializing and everything to find the actual time to see someone that you're dating is rare so I think to dismiss that just because oh no I can't see them more than twice a week it's ridiculous and to me often one of my big tests of trying to work out if I actually like someone is 
you know, if I don't have very many free evenings and then I have one and then I actually would rather see that person than go home and be by myself mm. is one of my major tests. Mm. And so I think if you if you have coordinating free evenings and you both want to see each other, do it. Yeah. I would say the only exception I've ever found to this is if you if you feel like you do like someone but you can kind of feel them. You know when you can kind of feel them kind of dropping into it a bit faster than you are. Yeah. But like you know that you're not disinterested but you're like okay I need to kind of take this a bit more slowly yeah. like you know if you feel yourself kind of brewing in a, in a more long term way whereas you feel like like date two they're down there and they're ready in that case I think it is kind of worth quite artificially putting a pause on it and then yeah. being like okay you know only on weekends or something and then you kind of make some excuse being like oh yeah I'm so busy and tired during the week I just can't yeah um, I think in that case it is quite quite useful if you know that it could go somewhere and you could develop more feelings for them or kind of more of a, an attraction a passion then like it is useful kind of stalling it in that way but I think otherwise like it's just really weird and really fake to pretend that mm. you know you're just gonna bizarrely hold off for mm. no reason sometimes I get scared I'm like oh I don't think it sh I don't want it to go too quickly or go too fast or rush into things but it's so much fun <laughs> <laughs> just go wild does it end well well nothing ever does that's true, isn't it? Because yeah. I feel like if it did end well, then we'd all be married. Yes, this podcast and would indeed, not exist. yeah, you both wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't go into it with that mindset. No, you gotta take risks. I read today that um, forty-two percent of marriages end in divorce, and the average marriage lasts twelve years. So it was really depressing. Mm, so I don't even know what the point is. Why are we doing this? Wow. Oh, got a bit, got a bit deep. <laughs> got a bit depressing. <laughs> bit much. Um, guy's not. He's not going to want to date me anymore, is he? <laughs> <laughs> that should um, definitely be your opening line on Friday. Yeah, Hi, like... it's so nice to see you. Did you know forty-two percent <laughs> of marriages end in divorce? Yeah, I didn't know. So, what? But what other things do, are there? Like issues in the early stages of dating? I think what you do on your dates yeah. is quite crucial. Yeah. I think it's important to mix things up and keep things diverse in terms of timing. So I think I'm one for the afternoon dating if it's if it's mixed in with evenings and maybe mornings. And <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Um, I just think it's important to take things out of different contexts because if you always meet someone, you know, at 7 p.m. in the pub for a drink, and you have the same kind of routine. You don't know if you're going to feel the same way towards them outside of that situation. Mm. And I think it's really important to figure out, in order to get a sense of how you feel about someone, to do different things and see what you're both interested in. Do cultural things, do activity things, spend time at each other's house, like mix it up so that you know really where you're at with them. I have two really strong thoughts about this and I might deliver a small sermon if you'll Ooh, let me. Please, please, please. So one of them is that I hate how expensive it is and it's so yes. annoying. Yes. And when you're dating, when you're single, when you're kind of, you know, having like a dinner here, drinks here, going to a theatre show here and whatever, it just adds up so much and you mm -hmm. can find yourself spending hundreds of pounds a month. Yeah. It's outrageous. And it's like totally ridiculous. And I, I definitely feel like I've kind of just totally put a shutdown on all of that before just because it's too expensive or alternatively fallen into something too quickly just because I'm like, well, you know, if we stop going out and just kind of fall into a proper relationship cycle, then that will be cheaper, which is like a really ridiculous way to do it. And the other thing is I was thinking this over Christmas because so many kind of Christmassy um, films are really kind of cutesy and they always have the perfect date. And it's such a sham. 
I was, I was watching <laughs> La La Land on New Year's Day. Oh, I love For La the first La time. Land. I hadn't seen it before. Oh. And you know that bit where they go to that museum thing with the observatory oh my and they God, dance around so, the stars so such a load of rubbish though because I if you think about it time. that would never happen in real life well, they'd never are... fly in real life well, no, would they? Uh, no but that's obviously that's <laughs> obviously not the point i mean like there are so many dates where um in films and tv shows where you know it's always the guy because he has to be kind of you know the, the impressive one mm. like some sort of weird peacock analogy mm. but they always like take whoever it is to some like closed museum or some amazing abandoned place that only they know about. Mm. That never happens. It's just not realistic. Like no, if you're on a date to the VNA with someone, then you'd just be kind of standing around with a bunch of school children. It would be really loud and stressful and you'd have paid like 15 pounds to get. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I also think those those kind of dates can feel very forced because it's like if you Google like best dates in London that's probably something that would come up Mm. I don't think I would want someone to take me to a museum no I don't think I would either I just think also in those early stages when you're getting to know someone it's almost nicer to do things kind of not necessarily each other's homes I mean if you feel comfortable doing that then I think that is kind of ideal but just in quiet environments where you can actually talk to each other like mm. you know not just walking around a museum and talking about the things that you see mm. on the in the exhibitions you want to actually get to know each other yeah i think we've kind of like cut you off on your sermon haven't we i was done it's cool okay cool <laughs> um but i think amen. that <laughs> amen <laughs> praise be <laughs> i think that um I really like getting to know someone in the comfort of either my home or their home because you're just fully relaxed. Oh, do you know? No, but no, let me finish. Let me finish. What I'm saying is I find that's actually a really nice way to just like chill out and be comfortable with someone. But I don't like the uh, what are you, connotations or whatever that comes with being in someone's home. You're like If you invite someone back to your home or they invite you to theirs, that then it means sex is going to happen. I think it's half that, but it's also just on a less um, dramatic level. Like your house is inevitably and inherently going to be so personal and so full of your stuff. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want them to work out that many things about me that quickly. Yeah, true point, actually. Like they're going to look at my bookshelf and see what books are there. They might, like I might have a couple of CDs lying around, although, you know, it's 2018. So (laughs) I, I won't. But like they will see all of your stuff and you can make so many kind of quick and often quite accurate judgments about people from just their Mm. stuff. It's a very valid point. But on the other hand, if you go to theirs, you can decipher some good stuff about them. But what if I don't want to? Mm. What if it it ruins the magic? I think it raises a really interesting issue because not only is it about like when you go to their home, it's kind of when do you 
go home with someone to actually have sex? How soon is it to actually this see someone? This is potentially going to be a cultural barrier between the straight and the gay <laughs> at okay. this point. What's your thinking? You just I mean, I'm not of... saying you can speak on behalf of all gays, but... Well, you know, I would like to think so. <laughs> um, uh, no, probably not. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a certain extent to which, you know, you don't want to generalise, but there's there are fewer kind of feelings of being constrained or being kind of anxious or worried about mm. the other person. And kind of, I think a lot of it is obviously inherently going to be to do with sexism and feeling like you're kind of um, giving up your control or your power or anything yeah. to someone by going home with them or by bringing them back to yours. And there's, there's obviously like a totally rational kind of fear that I don't think often homosexuals, whether they're men or women or, or kind of LGBT, LGBT people more generally, I don't think they have that in the same way. So I think like a lot of the time you just, you just kind of do it. Yeah, I think for women, often an issue is there's still this kind of stigma that you shouldn't like, you mm. know, sleep with a guy too soon. I think that I think or that, a girl, obviously. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about that is goes back to what you said about control because I think there is this kind of overriding presumption that with a heterosexual relationship, the guy is always up to have sex whenever yeah. the girl is ready. Yeah. So yeah. I think by having sex too soon in that situation sometimes it can be problematic because the girl then kind of sacrifices that control. Mm. And if it's very early in in terms of the relationship, there can then be this kind of juxtaposition with how emotional feelings develop alongside kind of sexual the mm. sexual side of your relationship. And I think that can be quite damaging, whereas I do think that if you wait a bit longer, that balances out quicker. It, it pisses me off a bit, or doesn't piss me off, but like <laughs> makes me slightly angry when... Um, my girlfriends will be telling me about a date they went on and they'll go, oh, but I was a good girl. I didn't go back with him. Oh, I didn't no. sleep with Ugh. him. And I'm like, it's not, you're not a bad girl if you have sex with him. Yeah. And like, you know, when people say like, oh, you know, good thing you didn't sleep with him. He'll respect you more. And I'm just like, no. well, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. You should be able to do it whenever you want to. But obviously knowing when you want to can also yeah. be tricky. I think it's a damaging social stereotype that it's kind of always like the girl's decision as to when she gives gives it up, mm. <laughs> for lack uh. of a better word. It's just bizarre how, I mean, obviously this is such a basic thing to say, but it's so <laughs> bizarre how all of this stuff is just so like historical rubbish that we're still dealing with. Yeah. Like, this is basically like out of some bad medieval poem. The idea of like when the girl gives it up. Oh, no. totally. you know, it's like Chaucer is writing our lives still, but we're kind of 600 years later. Like seriously? I mean, mm. obviously we still are and that's the problem. But like, I think you sucks. just have to like, just like be open with someone, get consent, you know? Mm. <laughs> Woohoo, consent. And then... Yeah, I think people should just lay their cards on the table. I think there is also, though, there's the really tricky thing, and I think this happens across the board, that there's the feeling that consent is a kind of a thing that you put down once, and once it's there, it's there. Ooh. And there's this feeling that I've definitely kind of felt and heard of from friends before, that like once you, you know, put out once, as it were, you can't then retract that, which is obviously totally not right. But there's kind of this assumption that because you've done it once, you're always going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then like, mm -hmm. you know, say, for example, if you go home with someone on a second date and then on a third date, you don't for whatever reason. And, you know, both for men in homosexual relationships and for women in heterosexual relationships, there are, you know, biological reasons why you might not want to. Mm. Um, 
there's that feeling that that's suddenly like a really dramatic thing. Like, oh, you know, I went home with this guy or this girl last time, but this time they didn't want me. Yeah. And this is suddenly so dramatic. It's just like, well, you know, sometimes people are in different moods oh and there are different circumstances. It's Maybe not... they've got their mum over to stay. You never yeah, know. Exactly. It's it's not necessarily a step backwards. And it also doesn't mean that, like, if you sleep with someone on one date, it shouldn't necessarily be a given that the next date and every date thereafter, you're also going to. Yeah, mm. I agree. And I think it can be good to to almost, again, to mix it up in that circumstance so that there are no expectations yeah. that you have to meet. Keep people on their toes. Yeah. This is one of the one areas where I'm with you on the whole afternoon dates thing. So I think it is quite <laughs> useful. Say, for example, like if you get into a rhythm where you have like three evening dates and you go home with them every time. Mm. If it's then like you go out for lunch, you know... You're not exactly going to get it on at a park. Or you might, and that's okay, and we're not going to judge you. <laughs> but you're probably not. Like, balance of probabilities suggests arrested? not. Yeah. Well, you know, if you know the right places. <laughs> but you're probably not going to do that. And I think that is an easy way to kind of break it up, as you say. Yeah. And that's really quite useful, I think. People don't do that enough. All right. It's my lesson for the day. Wow, we've learned so much. <laughs> Who needs dating experts when we've got Jack here? Too kind. Right, let's <laughs> move on to dating disaster of the week. Now, this is our first dating disaster from a male. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you very much for sending it in. Um, and as we keep saying, we do want dating disasters from men as well as women. So feel free to send them in. Here goes. I was dating a girl at university when my birthday came around. It was freshers year. We hadn't been seeing each other for very long, but she planned an excellent day with funny presents and cooked me a delicious meal. At the end of the evening, she went to get changed into some lingerie on the sly. I came upstairs upon hearing her yelps of anguish to find that while trying to put the attire on, she had slipped and broken two of her toes. <laughs> I spent the last of my birthday hours in A&E, alas. We're no longer together, but thankfully we're able to still laugh about the story. How sweet. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, the poor girl. Many disasters happened with lingerie. Do you remember the first dating disaster yes, story? Yes, that was, yeah. yeah girl was, was a... wearing a PVC suit and, she, you know, had a zip, zip got that went caught all in the an way awkward... down. And, yeah, zip got stuck in a very compromising position. It's enough to put you off lingerie. Mm. Granny pants for life. <laughs> um, no, I, I really feel for the girl. She was trying to do something thoughtful and, you know, make it special for him. And then... Oh, bless. I hope her toes came back. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, how annoying would that be? She didn't even stay together. But it sounds like he was nice and understanding. Yeah. Even though he had to finish his birthday in a &E. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for sending it in. We absolutely loved it. So our next big topic of today is texting compatibility. Now, um, a study has found that couples with similar texting habits are more satisfied in their relationships. And this was a study of Americans aged between 18 and 29. So our core millennial age group oh. here, guys. <laughs> so I think this is to do with many aspects of messaging, be it, you know, the frequency with which you message, the nature of the conversation, whether they're texting just to say hi and like chatting about nonsense or you know they're making plans or talking about serious stuff it's all about being on the same page what do you guys think do you think it's important i'd say so yeah but i think like often it's it's more of a sign of something else like i didn't think in a way like it's kind of strange to talk about messaging as if it's some separate thing that's kind of um 
detached from who you are as a person like obviously how you message and how you communicate is going to be totally tied in with your personality mm. so if you do it completely differently it probably either suggests that you're totally different people or that one of you likes the other person a lot less yeah I that you say. just want different things from the relationship yeah people do have different styles though some people are very much like send like a stream of messages with like just a few words in each some people send like essays like once a day yeah some people want those quick exchanges and some people only use texting to kind of make plans yeah they don't really they don't want talk to talk the rest of the time they don't really want to have conversations because they'd rather speak in real life which i understand but then also i think it can be if you feel like someone doesn't want to speak to you mm. and engage in a conversation with you that's not great either I've often found that, like, the thing is, like, I've often made that defense to myself, I think, <laughs> basically when what was actually happening is just the other guy wasn't that interested. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to make those kind of defenses, just being like, oh, you know, he just kind of uses Facebook Messenger in a different way to me. Like, mm. he only replies to me once a day, and that's fine. <laughs> and then actually, you know, four weeks later, when you're still going through the Ben and Jerry's by yourself, you know, that's when you really kind of wake up, and I think, like, a certain number which won't be divulged, of those experiences <laughs> has kind of taught me that ultimately I think if you do message differently in a kind of radically different way, then it is probably a sign of something else rather than just like, oh, they're just a bit different, that's fine. <laughs> I just think for me, I want someone to want to talk to me as much as I want to talk to them. If I'm going into that stage where I want to know like, what did you have for lunch? What did you have for dinner? How long did it take you to get home? How was your train journey? Then I want to feel like I can ask all those things and they're also going to ask me the same thing yeah. because they want to know, not because they feel obliged to. Mm. Um, so I think it just, I think it really is important to be on the same page. If it works for you that you don't really chat, you just sort of arrange to meet up and have a nice time in person and that's fine for both of you, then fine. But I do think it'll only lead to resentment mm. if you don't, you aren't happy with your how, how much you message? I think something that is actually crucial to this discussion, which the study didn't mention, was the type of the type of technology that you're using with the person that you're dating. So by that, I mean whether it's WhatsApp or whether maybe the, or like Facebook message, or maybe that person doesn't have a smartphone and the other person does. Oh. Because we're so used to, you know, talking to our, I mean, I am anyway, like talking to my friends mm -hmm. on WhatsApp, it's instantaneous. You have very kind of authentic conversations because it's immediate. I've never dated a guy who doesn't have a smartphone. I mean, I, okay, see, I, 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 I basically judge them if they don't even have an iPhone. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. if the message goes to like green, a green text message, I'm like, mm. <laughs> so I have, and you honestly, you notice a real difference. So you've been dating a guy. Someone that doesn't have a smartphone. So you're literally only communicating by text message, not My even iMessage, text message. No blue SMS. ticks. No blue ticks. You can't tell when they've read it. Nothing. And I actually quite like it because in, I think in the early stages of dating. Can I interrupt? Yeah. Can you even use emojis? Um, no. <sighs> if I want to use an emoji, I kind of put it in brackets and be like, sassy girl emoji. I mean, I struggle <laughs> enough with the guy recently who like hasn't updated his phone. So like my most, you know, the new emojis, like the facepalm girl doesn't even show up. Mm. I don't know how you cope, but go on. See, I, yeah, I mean, I don't really use emojis anyway. And I almost, <sighs> I'd rather see them in real life or talk to them see on the, the phone. See the emojis in real life. <laughs> well, that would be an interesting experience. Give us sassy girl, go. <laughs> Um, just to those who cannot see Rachel right now, Rachel just made the sassy girl emoji. Wonderfully, I might add. Yeah, Thank you. A very noble attempt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's interesting because when you're texting someone, it's a much more 
it's a much more passive form of communication than WhatsApp. And there are mm. down, upsides and downsides to that. I think one of the downsides is potentially that you do think about what you say to that person a lot more and you can overanalyze things a bit more and it, the pace is different. So there can be kind of hours in between yeah. when you actually text. I don't know why, but for some reason, like SMS feels just a bit more... I can imagine it'd be slower. It is slower. It is slower. You just don't reply instantly and you mm. don't have that same mm. kind of uh, two-way dialogue that you get with mm. Messenger or iMessage or, you know, I whatever. Mm. Um I always think that with Facebook Messenger as well, it's always generally a bit slower than WhatsApp. Yeah, I don't know. True. I don't know because I think a lot of that um, comes down to like people's jobs as well. I find this. Mm. I find this a lot with my friends because I think having kind of Facebook Messenger open on a screen at a workplace mm. isn't the most outrageous thing. But like, unless you're one of those people who puts your WhatsApp on your desktop screen. Valid point. Then you're obviously on your phone and obviously like mm. for most workplaces if you're just sitting there at your desk on your phone, that's a bit dubious. Mm. So I think like a lot of the time during the working day you can get a lot quicker responses from people on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, or if someone slid into your DMs on we Twitter, which, uh, you know, it happens. It Story happens. of my life. <laughs> yeah, are, you, are you good at sliding into DMs? Well. I find the Twitter gay community fascinating. It's fascinating. I observe it. It's fascinating, awful, toxic, lethal, horrifying, wonderful, scary. It's really interesting bonkers. though. I really enjoy yeah. just observing. It's quite bizarre. I almost wondered actually when you were talking about dating disasters if I was going to be forced to... Um, Are you going to... Can I, can I? Can you please tell the story that you tweeted last night? I could divulge Yay, the uh, DM-related disaster of, of my day yesterday. So um, I'd been... I executed what I thought was quite a good DM slide a while back and I'd been talking to this quite nice guy. Quite nice. Oh, that's quite rude, isn't it? Let's hope he doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> Depends if you tweet the link, which I think you do. <laughs> which I probably will. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was, um, you know, having a DM conversation with this with this guy, um, and then after the new year, you know, when I got back, I was like, all right, you know, let's let's get something together. So I organised um, to go out for drinks with this guy next week, um, and then I was talking to like one of my best friends about this. Um, and I said that I was going on this date with this guy, um, and he said, who is he? And so I, you know, I sent him a picture. And my friend was like, oh, mm. I know him. Oh. And I was like, uh, and he was like, you know, I know him. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So then this kind of suddenly, you know, threw everything into sharp relief. And then so I'm... your friend had been involved in some capacity with the guy? Yes. Right. Yes, to be, you know, crystal clear about it. Just to clarify. Yeah. And so then, obviously, in, in my normal way, I I tweeted this fact mm, for sure to my you know loyal followers, mm -hmm. um, and this turned out basically I'd slightly forgotten that the guy in question follows me, <laughs> and so did a bunch of his friends. So they saw it, and then they worked out that it was about him, um, and then he was the guy I was supposed to be going on the date with was in touch with a friend of his who's also friends with my friend. It's like the ultimate spider's web. Oh wow! And the guy that he knew this had like, this conversation with the guy that I was supposed to go on the date with. Uh -huh. And this was then relayed to my friend. And basically, my friend was told that the guy I was supposed to be dating thought my friend was more attractive than me. <gasps> Scandal. Brutal. Oh I know. So then, you know, my friend is good friends. We share, we share each other. I mean, we share everything with each other. So he told me this and I was, you know, totally scandalized with this. But also by this point, it just added to the drama and we all live for the drama. So this went into the tweet storm as well. <laughs> and things were getting pretty wild. And then it kind of carried on and it was quite entertaining. But then I went out for drinks with this friend and another friend. Um, wait, wait. 
the the friend from the beginning of this story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with with him and an, and another uh, person, and <laughs> we went out to this wine bar. Uh, and as I was walking along down this row of tables, I spotted them. <gasps> this group, including the guy I was supposed to go on the date with, at another I mean, table. That's ridiculous. Right. As if that happened. Right. So I just walked past them and I was like, oh God, I've seen them. Hopefully they haven't seen me. And Don't have, make any other contact. you met the guy in real life? No, I hadn't. No. That is jokes. So I went, I went to my table and I kind of enjoyed myself. And I was like, oh God, this is potentially really awkward. And then one of them had clearly spotted us and brought <laughs> the whole entourage over to our table um, and introduced me to this guy who I was supposed to be going on the date with. And obviously both the guy that the the leaked conversation had come from was there as well and then also mm. my friend who is allegedly more attractive than I am surely not and there was this whole massive drama and we all lived for it and it was great and it was hilarious <laughs> um and then you know at that point everything was kind of on the table and the scandal had reached its zenith and we all went home content and i, I you I know really love it in fairness to the guy uh, in question wh- when did this come out this comes out on friday on friday Today. well drama uh in fairness to the guy uh he said you know i'm, I'm still up for the date if you are despite well, the uh, despite the drama but i'm i'm yet to work out whether i'm going to take up that offer so oh, you should go just just for shits and gigs well i slightly feel like at this point if it doesn't turn into a kind of 21st century version of much to do about nothing in which we <laughs> eventually get married what's the point yeah so mm-hmm. i'm hoping that that'll happen it, it did feel very yeah. kind of um fate i think if you Emma got Thompson, married it'd be like a brilliant story for the <laughs> it'd wedding it'd be wonderful yeah. yeah yeah i love that uh but most importantly did you get some good likes and retweets oh yeah the well, numbers then, were all worth fantastic it. all worth was it was a happy man <laughs> and we'll have to wait and see if you have you know compatible texting habits <laughs> This is all. We're gonna we're gonna check in with you again before next week, Jack, and we're gonna Thank give you. the listeners an update. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, guys, it's probably all we've got time for. That's sad, I know. But please do subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. This helps other people discover the podcast, and you get a notification when a new episode becomes available every Friday, which is very exciting. Um, do you have a dating disaster story? We'd love to hear it. Please do send it in. Um, you can email us at millennial.love at independent.co.uk. And don't worry, all stories will be kept anonymous. And you can also tweet us if you want to send us your slide into our DMs with your dating disaster stories. As many people have done, I think, actually. Yeah, I've had that's, some DM slides. That's how we get most of them. Keep them coming, so, guys. Yeah, definitely keep them coming. Um, Rachel is Rachel underscore Hosey, and I'm Olivia Petter one And Jack, what's your Twitter? I am Jack O underscore May. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank it has you. been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And we will see you all next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.